Hi everyone, welcome back to Cove Industry 19. I'm your host, Amy Wolf. This is a very special bonus episode of Cove Industry 19 because we're taking the opportunity to focus on emergency preparedness, much like we've covered in Cove Industry 19 as it relates to businesses, but this is actually going to relate to you, the individual. So let's take the opportunity to review some steps you can take to better prepare yourself in the likelihood there's an emergency. In the Portland area alone, we've experienced extreme weather that is beyond comprehensible to Pacific Northwesterners living in our mild climate. It's plastered all over the news when temperatures rise, there's citywide power outages, and when panic sets in and our peers and neighbors are buying the last of the toilet paper. But what if we could be better prepared? What if there could be a sense of security and comfort amid the uncertainty, knowing that you put in your best effort to ensure the safety of you, your family, and your friends? I'm here to break it down for you. The basics to emergency preparedness and building and making a plan. I'm embarrassed to admit that I didn't have a plan, but it's an opportunity to share my process of starting with no plan and steps to producing an achievable and valuable resource. There are many different resources all over the internet that I'm sure you could find on your own, but a few websites you can refer to for individual and family disaster planning are ready.gov plan, and in the Oregon area, oregon.gov hazards prep. You can actually go to oregon.gov hazards prep and select the individual preparedness tab on that page and it takes you right to creating a plan. So getting into the important steps and some of these might seem very obvious, but just remember that stress changes everything. And if you find yourself in an emergency situation, you might not be thinking clearly So it's always good to have this written out. It's always good to have something to refer to so you can kind of break down any barriers that you have in your mind when you're feeling so stressed out and things are out of your control and being able to say, okay, I did this when I was of sound mind. I have something to refer to and I feel secure in knowing I'm good here. I've got everything I need. So the first step, to knowing there is an emergency is receiving an alert. And you might wonder, how do you receive alert? How do you know that something has become an emergency or a catastrophe? And you can actually set up your phone to receive wireless emergency alerts. And these can be enabled on your phone. So I would check ready.gov alerts for how you can make sure you're receiving them. And these are Short emergency messages from authorized federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial public alerting authorities that can be broadcast from cell towers to any wireless emergency alert mobile device in a locally targeted area. There is also the emergency alert system which is a national public warning system that allows our president to address the nation within 10 minutes during a national emergency. 
State and local authorities might also use this to deliver important emergency information such as weather information, imminent threats, amber alerts, and local incident information targeted to specific areas. The emergency alert system is sent through broadcasters, satellite, digital audio services, direct broadcast satellite providers, cable television systems, and wireless cable systems. Another system is the NOAA Weather Radio, which is a nationwide network of radio stations that broadcast continuous weather information from nearest National Weather Service office based on your physical location. A lot of people know NOAA from snow and skiing. A second important step to emergency preparedness is preparing a shelter plan. This is considering that you might be sheltering in place, in your home, in your office, or based on the extent of the damage to your home where the disaster strikes, you might need to go to a nearby mass care shelter. Under any circumstances, it is highly recommended that you are two weeks ready. So this means you have prepared enough food, water, resources, and we'll get into that in a little bit, that you could be self-sufficient for two weeks. If you do find yourself in need of a mass care shelter, you can actually search for open shelters by texting SHELTER and your zip code to 43362. And the next step opposite to sheltering is actually evacuating. What is your evacuation route? What do you do if you have to evacuate your area? I actually located a nifty plan by the City of Portland Bureau of Emergency Management that divvied up Portland into different evacuation zones, which I located that I am zone four, which shares the primary routes that I would take being in zone four for evacuation. For example, it'd be the I-205 Highway, 26 Powell Boulevard, Foster Road, Burnside Road, and you can actually refer to this document and find yours. So now we get into the nitty-gritty and necessary step of completing your individual and family emergency plan. This can be applied to your family that you live in, your household if you live alone, but also your network that might not live in the same city or area as you, and they might live in a different state, but you still need to communicate with them amid emergency. So creating this plan begins with producing a paper copy of your information and your family's contact information. Also, to include medical facilities, doctors, schools, and various service providers that you might need to contact. I think of this as an old address book. If you're not able to access anything on your phone or attempting to save battery on your phone, also just think that Google doesn't necessarily apply here for those reasons. Your phone might be dead. Share this plan with friends and family members and then also make sure that they have their own printed copy to carry around. You can go to ready.gov make dash a dash plan and you'll be able to format this plan into a wallet size card that's easy to carry around. And lastly and more importantly, practice, practice this and review it and make sure you talk to your family members and communicate what you are actually going to do because in the moment you're going to have to be flexible. Nothing is actually going to work according to plan. So having practiced it is so important. I think this might be my favorite part. 
get your kit ready. And emergency preparedness can make or break you amid emergency. So if you go to ready.gov slash kit, you have the basics to your emergency supply kit. Again, I'd consider having these items tucked away in my car, in my office, or wherever I find myself commuting throughout the day because you really never know when disaster is going to strike. So my plan is I actually have a CRV. A table fits in the trunk, um, which is actually a funny place for a table to be. But I'm going to tuck my kit there so it's safe and then I always have access to it. So ready.gov has some great examples of what to go into your list. I do also want to point out that the American Red Cross has a section, Survival Kit Supplies, that goes into a little bit more detail. Um, They also note what to consider of your family members and adding supplies to your kit, which I really like. But for ready.gov, some things that they include are water, food, battery-powered or hand-crank radio, flashlight, first aid kit, extra batteries, a whistle, dust masks, plastic sheeting and duct tape for sheltering in place if you have to, moist towelettes, garbage bags, plastic ties for personal sanitation, wrench or pliers, manual can opener, or if you do have food, having easy-to-open cans, local maps, cell phone chargers, along with backup batteries. And a few items that the American Red Cross also listed that I thought were really important and additions, having extra cash, an emergency blanket, medical supplies, but they put it in the form of hearing aids, glasses, contact lenses, syringes, etc., baby supplies for families, games and activities for children, and this can also be applied to adults, just have a deck of cards in there. Pet supplies, super, super important. Can't forget about your little fur babies. Two-way radios, an extra set of car keys. And both resources point out, because we are living in a pandemic, nowadays you're going to have to have extra N95 masks on hand. And you can check with the CDC for any update to emergency plans due to coronavirus, or if you do look into local shelters, just see what their procedures are as they relate to the pandemic. And I'm sure wearing masks is important. So once all of these steps are outlined and discussed with your family, friends, you can include your neighbors and you have a proper plan in place, You just need to make sure you're considering the specific needs within your household, which I already touched on in just preparing your emergency preparedness kits. But if you have more than just you, you need to understand your needs along with the needs of the members in your household. You can consider ages, locations they go, dietary needs, medical needs, disabilities, languages, cultural or religious considerations, of course, pets or service animals, and if your children or who you live with are school-aged or involved in school because they will be evacuating from there. So in terms of pets, I have a pet. I have a cat. So I would need to consider if I can't bring her with me to a shelter, some don't accept pets. 
So it might be wise. Ready.gov recommends looking into local hotels or motels that are pet friendly or investigating local shelters that might be able to take her or coordinating with my friends or family members that might be able to watch her should I have to evacuate or go to a mass care shelter. Also, as I mentioned, when you're two weeks ready, preparing two weeks in advance or preparing to be self-sufficient for two weeks, consider your pets, cats, cat food, cat litter, dogs. Make sure you've got all of their toys ready, their bowls, and of course, two weeks of foods and treats just for them. And the most important part to preparedness is practice, training and practice. Once you have everything filled out, printed, get everything in writing so you can refer to it. And again, just keep referencing it. If you have a small scale snowstorm or a free couple hours over the weekend, practice with your family members and your neighbors, incorporate your community so that everybody can be prepared and just take the opportunity to check yourself and see if your plan works. Ready.gov slash plan has plenty of plans that you can download and complete so that you are better prepared. So with that, happy preparedness and we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning into this bonus episode of Covindustry 19.